0: We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health.
1: While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care.
0: We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know, If you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels. Strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms. My top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor. How to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing. Key strategies for your partner to support you during labor. And how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, Meditation Tracks for Pregnancy, Birth, and Postpartum Recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to BumpToBirthMethod.com to to see what other expecting moms have said about BumpToBirth and to enroll today. Welcome back to the To Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here, and today's episode is a recording of a recent Instagram live I did with my good friend and pelvic health physio colleague, Hannah Ross. She's also the owner of Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness, which is an incredible women's health clinic in Toronto. So Hannah and I, we chat all about strategies and tips around mentally and physically preparing for birth that we thought you would love to listen into on the podcast. So check out today's episode. As always, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at 2 Podcast or at HolisticHealthPhysio, and let me know that you had a listen. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for inviting me on to chat all about pelvic floor pregnancy birth prep. I know that's something we both do quite a bit in clinic and online. So yeah, excited to, to chat all about it here. I
1: love it. Now, um, before we dive in, for my community, I did a, you know, a very brief bio. Can you tell um, all of our vital community why you are the perfect person to be talking about birth prep and pelvic health?
0: I am a public health physio, orthopedic physio as well, and my practice here, uh, just set up for the day in clinic, um, is focused on those trying to conceive, those who are pregnant, preparing for birth, and then during, I'd say, those first five to ten years postpartum recovery, and you and I did physio doula training together, and I did another doula training as well, and I've really brought all that information here in clinic and then i've also created my signature online program the bumped birth method online program so i have a lot of fun being able to support expecting moms from around the world through that and then i think i had heard you mention about the podcast we've got yes. the birth and beyond podcast i host with Jasmine Dell, and we've been doing that now for four and a half years so over 250 know. episodes and yeah. So just absolutely love talking about this and sharing information that, as you know, as well, Hannah, is just not talked about enough. Yep. Like we are just going to keep talking about this until everyone who's pregnant hears this information commonly because it's just not happening yet.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when, when I think about truly the difference between an empowered birth and a disempowered birth, one is where we center the birthing person, we center mother because they're informed and educated about their options mm-hmm. and they're not feeling like things are happening to them but they're actually a part of it. They get to make choices because they've been educated, because they've been practicing, because they've been a part of that team and they're advocating for themselves. And mm-hmm. I think that like people who are giving birth, mothers, they really have a hard time advocating if they don't truly understand what their options are. And that is why it is so, so, so important what you do, what I do, we do it vital to really give people like that information so that they can make those choices.
0: Exactly. I think it's the options is the biggest part. And yeah, knowing what questions to ask. And I'm always telling clients and those in bump to birth are guided through too is like start asking questions earlier, like bring up labor in your prenatal appointments. And it totally happens that some people like I got dismissed, we'll talk about that later. And I say, Yep, that likely will happen. However, these are your appointments. And so you get to start talking about this stuff as early as you want. And the earlier I find the better because then you get to hear how your care provider practices, they understand your preferences, and you can talk about a lot of these questions even like well before Labor Day and can make a really big difference the day of.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point, I love that. I almost think about it like graded exposure. Um, Yes. Because if you bring it up for the first time during your birth and you're dismissed, you're like, well, then, okay, I can't, well, I can't say anything. But if you actually start to get used to hearing, we'll talk about that later, and standing your ground and saying things like, well, I actually prefer to talk about it now and getting used to advocating for yourself. It's so much easier during the birth process to advocate for yourself.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think it's just, we're all brought up this way, like we're brought up not really to ask questions, but really anything to do with your medical care, your birth, but even outside of birth, everything should be with informed consent. And that means that you hear the benefits, risks, alternatives for anything suggested. And so if you start getting used to asking those questions earlier, then yeah, the day of it can be a bit easier. It still is tough. I find when you're in labor, you're in your labor zone. And that's where it's so key that your partner is prepared, because if they know your preferences, if they know how to ask questions, they can speak for you. And then you can stay in the zone and really focus on each contraction and using all the strategies that you've learned to focus and not feel like you're constantly in and out answering questions when you need to be focused during that time. Yeah.
1: And there's, there's huge, huge value in having a support person there with you. Whether it be a doula or a family mm-hmm. member or a friend, because if you do have a partner and they're there with you, they're also having their own experience, and so sometimes we're like we're putting a lot onto them. But if we can have even an additional person there, and I know during COVID that was challenging, but now yes. if you can if you can work with a doula, if you can talk to a friend or a family member who you trust and love who wants to be there to ensure your experience is as optimal as possible, we have incredible research around the fact that like birth outcomes are better when we have a support person there solely focused on the, on the mother.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love
1: it. Okay. So when we're talking about birth prep, what yes. are, what are the, found- like, are we talking about Lamaze? Are we talking about packing your hospital bag? Like what in your mind, like what are the foundations of birth prep?
0: yeah and yes while those are key and i would suggest not waiting to the last minute to pack your bag and getting a good a good list of what's actually going to be useful versus i've seen some online that are like five pages so i give my clients an above to birth they get a very succinct page and they're like okay this all of this looks useful so yes important however from the start You know, preparing mentally and physically, because as both you and I know, like, yes, birth is a physical event, but it's also very much a mental event. And if you don't prepare that side of it, it's hard to tune into the physical prep. Um, But starting with some of the physical things is getting to know, yes, the changes that can happen in your body throughout pregnancy. But learning about your, as we were talking about, your pelvic floor, right? Your pelvic floor, your core, your breath how all of this works together. So, you know, we think about it and if you're preparing for a vaginal birth, I just find it so interesting is that we expect baby to come out here, yet we learn zero about this. Mm-hmm. Unless you seek out guidance yeah. or, you know, you see a pelvic physio or online information, but it's just, these are a set of muscles, your pelvic floor, so attaches to your pubic bone, to sit bone, to tailbone, that's the outer layer. And then you've got your inner layer. We don't learn anything about this so when it comes to labor if you don't know anything about that and we're expecting baby to travel through the birth canal and exit and there can be you know fear associated with that just because we're not we're not connected to those muscles as well as we could be or have an awareness so learning... all the stories we hear are fear yeah. and do
1: same, um yeah. stories as well unless you're looking in the right places
0: yeah exactly so you want it you want to learn about the pelvic floor, about your pelvic floor, connecting your breath, because with our core canister, this is the, if you picture a canister in your abdomen, this is the bottom, your pelvic floor, the top is your diaphragm, your deep breathing muscle, and the center is your deep abdominal transverse abdominis, and then you've got layers of other muscles on top. But the key thing is learning to connect your breath with the pelvic floor for both strengthening and flexibility of those muscles. Yes, that's important. And then for labor itself, knowing how to focus on that relaxation component, because there is this misconception that our pelvic floor pushes the baby out. It does not. It needs to get out of the way. It does stretch. It needs to be able to lengthen. And it's our uterus that pushes the baby out. So The uterus
1: is a muscle. Nobody realizes that,
0: right? Yeah. And that's what we're not really taught, right? We're taught like we need a strong pelvic floor to push the baby out, but you know what, a flexible, I like to talk about flexible pelvic floor. We need Mm -hmm. to be able to contract and relax the muscle for various reasons in pregnancy, postpartum, amazing. Um, But for labor, we need to know how to focus on that relaxation component. So that's definitely a big part of preparing physically. The breath is key too, because in labor, If you don't have strategies, you don't know how to manage or, you know, focus on each contraction, we start to breathe all up in the chest, which is some of you may have heard of the fight or flight response. And that happens when we're stressed, or maybe you go to run across the street and a car just goes right, you know, narrowly misses you, your heart starts to race, you start to sweat, that's your fight or flight response. and. In labor, you've got contractions, which are new sensations coming at you. You may have people asking you questions. Maybe you're in an environment you're not used to. Your body goes Anytime into Anytime you
1: that. even go, if you're delivering in a hospital, yeah. people associate that with fear as well, right? Yeah.
0: And your body goes into protection mode. Mm-hmm. And we know from research, one of the first muscles that comes on if we're stressed or unsure is your pelvic floor. And so, again, going back, if we can get your breath a more efficient, deep breathing Uh, strategy and technique and practice that pregnancy, bring that into labor during contractions, that helps your whole body stay more relaxed and will also help your pelvic floor stay relaxed. So, so many benefits, the breath, the pelvic floor as your physical prep, and then your body in general. Again, we're always taught you got to be strong in pregnancy. And totally, I agree, there is a place for that and that is helpful, but we need to balance that with mobility work or if you're not familiar with the term mobility, I like to call it moving stretches. So Mm. cat cow um, from prenatal yoga would be- Dynamic stretching. Yes, exactly. So all of that to release tension around the pelvis, around the abdomen, your body in general, that also will help with aches and pains in pregnancy, but also set yourself up for in labor and for pushing all the different uh, possible positions you can get into that can really be helpful for you and for baby. So those I'd say the physical prep and then the mental prep, finding things that are gonna keep you focused during contractions. So we talked about, you know, breathing, learn breathing strategies. Um, Some people love listening to meditations, affirmation tracks, nature sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people, yeah, or bring earplugs. Um, because some people are like, I don't want to hear anything, and that's distracting. So finding different strategies to mentally stay focused, but then also what we talked about before, a mental part of birth is understanding, you know, the process of labor, knowing what questions to ask so you can make informed decisions. Because in the end, even if birth goes on a bit of a different path than what you were expecting, it can still be very much a positive experience if you felt a part of the decision-making, if you felt supported by your birth team and those who were there. So that, I'd say, would be a key part of the mental prep.
1: I love that. Yeah. Now, one of the most common questions that I get asked, and I would love your take on this, yeah. is what if somebody is planning um, to get an epidural? And yep. they're like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to get my epidural, and then I, like it's going to be fine. Like I don't need the breathing. I don't need this. I don't... I don't, I don't need to like focus cause I'm going to get an epidural. Like what does yeah. does an epidural negate all the prep? What's your take on that?
0: Yeah. With epidural, you still need all of the prep. And that's what I tell my clients too, who want to have an unmedicated birth. I was like, you also need to plan for if you choose to get an epidural. So I say, regardless, you need to plan for both. And with an epidural, like you don't get it the second you have your first contraction, yeah. it's going to be really helpful to learn these strategies for your partner to learn strategies to then help you through labor. So then you can decide when an epidural is the best choice for you. And then once you do get it, understanding, for example, the peanut ball, one of my favorite things, if you're having a medicated birth, it's like a birth ball, but shaped like a peanut ball. And there are so many different labor positions and pushing positions you can use it with in bed. Because this idea with an epidural, you feel like, okay, I'm in bed. I'm on my back. I have no options. And just lying on your back isn't necessarily the most helpful for you to progress in labor and not always the most beneficial for baby. Because you're not opening the pelvis in different ways. They're not having different ways to maneuver through the pelvis. So if you learn about the peanut ball, and your partner does then you can use those when you're in bed with an epidural, but also with an unmedicated birth. If you're just like, I am tired, I need rest. Then if you do choose to lie down or be upright in bed, using the peanut ball again, helps to keep the pelvis more open, create more space. Um, So yeah, definitely with an epidural, you do want to learn. You also want to learn a lot about pushing because if you can't necessarily feel the sensations as much, you Mm -hmm. want to understand What would be helpful to know ahead of time? Like, for example, yesterday I shared a post, Nicole, who went, through my bump to birth online program and she had prolapse going into her second birth. She really wanted to prepare to have this birth be a different experience. Um, And she knew she wanted an epidural. So she's like, I'm already planning that. I want to know options. So if you listen to that podcast, you'll hear her talk through that experience and what she talked to her care provider beforehand of like, when it comes to pushing, you know, things I would really prefer is waiting to labor down until baby's at plus two station. If you don't know what that means, it's referring to how low baby is within the pelvis because being
1: 10 centimeters dilated is not indicative enough that you're ready to push yeah I think that that is what everybody just thinks well you're 10 centimeters it's time not necessarily
0: yeah there's so there's so many things around pushing um, that I just think gets kind of glossed over in a lot of traditional classes it's kind of like labor labor okay, you're going to push your baby out. And then, okay, baby's out. And now what? And I feel like that's a big part is we both see clients and those like join bump to birth because they're like, last time I felt lost when it came to pushing. And there is so much to learn breathing, types of pushing, timing of pushing, options around pushing, medicated, unmedicated. So, um, yeah. So going back to your original question, when it comes to an epidural, there's definitely a lot of birth prep that will be very helpful to know ahead of
1: time. And um, I always like to say, like regardless of your choices, we can still optimize your birth experience. So, an, an epidural is just a pain management strategy. Um, if somebody does not want an epidural, we still need to we need to learn other pain management strategies. And just because you plan to have an epidural doesn't mean like birth is sort of it's it's. Like you can't really plan anything except for learning what your options or your preferences might be given different, different circumstances. So you may go in thinking you're going to have an epidural, but what happens if that's not an option available to you? The anesthesiologist is in a C-section or something right now. Like they, you might want it right now. What are we going to do so that you can have an amazing birth given all the different options?
0: Yeah. And with that too, like that's definitely, um, Something that can commonly happen, right, is that someone isn't there at the time to provide it. But the other thing is sometimes people get it and it only works on one side or it right. didn't really work to the degree they thought it was. Right. And then you're like, OK, I've got my epidural, but I still need to like, manage through these contractions. Yes. So I just think really preparing for both. And the same on the flip side, if you're planning an unmedicated birth, Learn everything and also learn your medicated options because you might choose that you do want that at a certain yes. point. And if you have no idea what your options are, then then you start to feel like, oh, like I, I don't know how to navigate this side of things now that this is where I want to go or maybe I need to go. Yes. Maybe I need rest because epidurals can be used to rest, not always just for pain management. So I just really think understanding options from what you said off the start is just, so, so helpful when it comes to birth and really helps with more of a positive birth experience.
1: A hundred percent. And, like, I would even add on that, like, when um, it comes to birth, there's a lot of judgment, a lot of self judgment about what is a better and what is a worse birth. Um, meaning, like, clients will come saying, Oh, I don't want to do unmedicated, I'm not like that. Or they'll say, You know, I only want to do unmedicated because you know i want i think that that's better at the end of the day the more educated that you can be the more you learn about all the options the more you realize they're just options and mm-hmm. you get to choose what is working you can't anticipate how you're going to feel day of and the the, the less amount of stigma the less the more that you understand those options the more willing you're going to be to not judge yourself and be compassionate with yourself in and around making those decisions. And again, coming back to you, you're gonna feel better and stronger and confident with those decisions. So good. So is there anything else that you think is like missing in the, the big um, discussions, the larger discussions in and around birth that you feel like you're just like, hello, <laughs> can you
0: talk about this please? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we covered all of it. I know we can't go into depth on each topic, but I do think it's it's the physical prep, the mental prep, understanding options and for sure understanding informed consent, questions to ask, start asking questions sooner, have your partner be informed you know, and you know, consider having a doula if that's an option for you too. I know some people, because doulas, it's not, you know, here where we are, it's not Mm -hmm. a part of the medical system. So it is more that you're paying for a doula, but some great options, I've had clients put it on their birth registry and they're like, I never thought about that. Yeah, so if you have my mom. Yeah, so it's (laughs) one of those things, like if you have some friends that are just like, I really wanna get you something that's like gonna be really helpful, they can all gift you a birth doula or a postpartum doula because it just is so, so helpful. Um, both, both of those um, types of doulas to have um, available. So yeah, I think support is key. And I just think the big thing is if possible, depending when you're watching this, the sooner you can start preparing, the more prepared you'll feel. And yes, you cannot, you know, control birth, but you can definitely prepare for all the options, which does give you more control in the process yeah. and, um, just, and feel more calm going into birth too. Like I love it when I hear clients and, you know, bumped birth, I'll get the messages of like, I'm excited to give birth. And some people are like, is that even possible? <laughs> and I do find it is once you've done all the prep, you're like, all right, bring it on, let's go. Like I've done everything I can do and now I can surrender and let go to the process and then go through it that way versus feeling really nervous and stressed at the end because you feel like you haven't really learned options or you're not really sure what what different things may come up.
1: Number one, amazing for somebody to go into it. And it's amazing yeah. to know that there really, is, there really are options so that this you're not like going in blindly. Thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for talking with me. Can you tell us a little, like, how can people find your yes. information about your program and yeah. anything else you want to share?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you can always find me at holistic Health Physio here on Instagram, my Bump to Birth Method online program. So there is a self-study option that is always open. And so it's pre-recorded. You can go through the steps. And it includes the strategies and exercises that I use with my prenatal clients. I used myself to help with pelvic floor symptoms, pain and pain in pregnancy, mentally and physically prepare for birth, plus get a head start on your postpartum recovery. And then also I have the fall group coaching option coming up. Enrollment will be open soon for a short period of time because then we jump into our seven weekly coaching calls. And with that, I go through the program and teach it live. Plus, you can ask questions, you get your accountability and support, meet others in the program, and then you also get all the on-demand shorter videos and audio as well. So depending how you learn, and if you can't see a pelvic physio or in collaboration with a pelvic physio, it's a really great option to learn to be prepared.
1: I love it. And if anybody happens to be in the Peterborough area, yeah, need to find Anita and um, go hang out with her um, and uh, work with her. Anita, thank you, thank you for doing yeah. this.